Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bare Necessities podcast. We're back again this week, and uh, it's officially two weeks until the NFL draft. Reese, how you feeling? Good. Yeah, I mean, that's that's awesome. I, I feel like, you know, the free agency market has slowed down a bit. You know, it's not quite popping off like it was, but we're still getting some decent NFL news. But yeah, definitely ready for the draft. I mean, that really kicks everything off. I love the draft personally too. I mean, I think that's one of the most exciting parts of the season. And I mean, it really has such a large impact and it's such a crapshoot too. So it really helps level out the playing field a bit, but the teams that draft really well are usually consistently up there at the top. And it's going to be really intriguing for the Bears. I mean, when is a draft not intriguing for the Bears? I feel like there's always some glaring need that this team has. Um, almost always at that quarterback position, but you know, even more so just in the past years, there's always been a couple big glaring needs for the team. And I think, you know, to foreshadow, we're going to get into a little bit. I, I made a lot of my, you know, potential top uh, draft pro- prospects be people that I think are just really good need fillers. And I know that that goes really against what a lot of, um, people advise against to do in the draft as far as you should go for the best player available but i do think luckily for the bears in this draft there are some players out there that are both high quality talents and also people Mm -hmm. that can help fill those needs so really a year that if the bears do this draft right they can really set themselves up for some success and it's gonna be really frustrating if that ends up not being the case yeah, I I agree with you. Um, it, it's it's one of those things where it's like, you know, the the draft is like an everyone wins type of situation. You know, everyone gets players, everyone gets good players, and you're right. The Chicago Bears, uh, they have not. You know, unfortunately, we have more fun around off season time speculating that this team can get better than we do during the season. Um, but Absolutely. the draft is. The draft is really when fortunes change. I mean, who really, who doesn't love the draft? It's weird because like, even as someone who, you know, I would consider myself somewhat of an NBA fan, definitely was a hockey fan. I, I've never really watched the draft for any other sport, but the NFL draft, there's just something special about it. Yeah, no, I mean, it really is. I mean, I would agree with you there. I think I'm biased because I really do just love football, but you know, even when I'm into like the NBA or something like that, it's really never quite the same. It really, too, I think it's mostly because you can get such talent throughout the the draft in the NFL. You know, there's really and I think also there's no developmental league in the NFL, so it's like the players that you're getting, you're gonna see, you're gonna see them next year, and they're gonna make an instant impact. That's the one. Like, I mean, we can get into this forever, but if the NFL like. I think that almost anybody, even if you're a, if you like other sports, I think everyone should look at the NFL as like the model for like what a successful sports league is. You know, they they just do so much right, and I know we hate on you know uh, our commissioner, you know Goodell and, and everything like that, but the NFL really does a really good job overall. Yeah, overall they really do, and I think. They, there's definitely quite a few issues you can pick on with the league and you could do a whole probably podcast about that just in general as far as, I mean, CTE things over the years, like be over social mm-hmm. issues, murky area, whatever. Uh, I mean, it's, 
there's a lot that they could do better, but at the same time, it's there's no question, you know, how powerful the league is. And, and honestly, I know we all kind of usually criticize them for playing the games over in London, but I think it's become pretty clear that it's being recognized more all over the world too, which is such a, a hard thing to do for a game that's really only played consistently in one country. And they've mm-hmm. been able to grow an audience outside of the United States that, you know, maybe they don't watch games every week, but they watch a significant amount of NFL games, which when you think about how many people, you know, watch international sports in this country, it's really not that many um, besides probably for like mm-hmm. sports like soccer and all that. But a lot of people don't pay attention to any sports that happen outside of the U.S. And for the NFL, it's kind of the opposite. They've been able to build that international audience. And, you know, what I have to say, what's crazy to me is we actually have quite a big international audience ourselves. Like just as a Chicago Bears podcast, a, you know, smaller, not huge Chicago Bears podcast. I mean, we get listens from, you know, we get a lot of listens from UK, Sweden, you know, Germany, France. But we also get like a lot of listens from like even like Indonesia, which is insane because I I've, I never even knew that there were NFL fans in Indonesia, you know. So yeah, thank you. I, if, you, if you're one of our <laughs> listeners from there, that's, that's insane to me. You know, again, I, I figured when we started this podcast, we'd have a hard enough time convincing our parents to listen to it, let alone people from, you know, the other side of the globe. Yeah. And props to being able to understand us too, to understand, you know, if they're not from an English speaking country to understand what we're saying and also understand through our damn accents. I mean, I feel like... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we both we don't have super Chicago accents, either of us, but I feel like mm-hmm. there's some times where we definitely say some things that are just don't quite make sense. And probably I mean, not credit to credit to them for being able to listen through that or at least try to. <laughs> right. I know. I, exactly. So, you know what? Before, you know, we, we, we got to give our friends at Manscaped a shout out. But before we do that, we want to do a quick little segment. This is the 69th episode of the Bear Necessities podcast. So, you know, a very special one. Um, and to do that, to commemorate that, we are going to read out the reviews for all of the listeners that have left that on the podcast. Uh, you know, if you want to skip this, you can go ahead and do that. Um, but we're going to read out, you know, all of our written reviews. And if you have, if you haven't done that yet, we're going to start reading off reviews. Whenever we get a new review, we're going to read it out on the podcast. Um, so yeah, very, very thankful for everyone who has done it so far. So first off, our very first review, which came to us this Sunday. Thank you. By Pusha T Formation. I like the name. Title, Novocaine for the pain. I feel like I learned something new about the team that I love and probably would be better off never have knowing anything about. (laughs) Can't thank you guys enough for all the great content. Thank you. And I love the little bit of, you know, sad Bears fan, which I think we appeal to a lot. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And our next next review comes from DubBanana27. Uh, love the contents of the title. The one day, the one day popped into my YouTube recommended, and at the time I was only watching, listening to a small amount of Bears content. Their singular YouTube video got me on a search <clears throat> to find the best Bears podcast. So one night I binged a ton of different ones, but this one was by far the funniest and most entertaining pod, while also having great information and takes. My go-to and only Bears pod. 
keep it up guys and maybe add a second show a week that'd be amazing would definitely love to appreciate uh it's really honestly a great review and uh love to hear that and we definitely love to get back to the second show uh kind of format that we had a Mm -hmm. little while ago and as soon as we have the opportunity to we'll definitely jump on that i know austin and i are both itching to make that happen yeah we've been wanting to do this for a long time you know i feel like our only constraint right now is literally our time um we really do want to add another show again but it's it's so it's so hard right now to you know even truthfully like get two people who are working educating all these different types of things together on one time a week it's already kind of a difficulty doing that but um you know now that we're making some money we're going to be exploring some options about potentially adding an editor very shortly and you know once that happens i mean the sky's the limit we're going to be looking to pump out a lot more content um and a lot more timely content too as well and we're also thinking uh if you watch our videos and youtube uh we're we're thinking about making the second podcast when we do it just like something we don't really upload on youtube uh, something like that um you know so so our podcast listeners get exclusive content um next 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 uh next little rating that we got fantastic bears podcast all these are five star ratings by the way this comes october 10th 2020 by not alejandro this podcast has quickly became my favorite podcast i've ever listened to detailed analysis and entertaining and reliable to listeners i cannot express how much i love this podcast and will continue to be listening to this keep up the great work thank you so much not alejandro you know we really appreciate that again it's insane having you guys leave us reviews it really helps put things into perspective because you know it, it sometimes it, it's crazy because sometimes you know we don't get to interact with our podcast listeners as much as we'd like to um and it's just good knowing that what we're saying is being appreciated and liked you know we see the views increasing but that doesn't necessarily you know we might be the bottom of the barrel podcast that you just listen to and you're like god oh, all the other good ones are gone i just need to listen to them you know um so we, we really appreciate all the, you know, positive reviews with that. Yeah, absolutely. And and when we get the chance, I know a lot of times we talked about popping out to training camp and all that. And I think as Definitely. soon as we started planning that, you know, the whole COVID season hits. So trust me, I think that as soon as things get back to normal, we'll, we'll definitely try to meet some of y'all um, out there. Uh, next comment or next review comes from Bear Down 2020. Uh, back in April of 2020. So shout out to one of the very early listeners when we mm-hmm. first started to reboot it back up. It said, Awesome Bears podcast. Bear Necessities is a fantastic podcast for anyone who loves and supports the Chicago Bears. As someone who listens to Bears podcast every day, the Bear Necessities has quickly became one of my favorites. And that means a lot because back then, I mean, <laughs> kind of seems like it'd probably be a little bit of a struggle bus. So I, I appreciate yeah. you grinding it out when we still sucked. <laughs> yeah, right. And I, I think we're getting better. I know that we're probably going to look back at this in like a year or so. Like we look back on like The Truth or the other podcasts that we used to do and be like, damn, what the, we thought that we thought that this was good. <laughs> Why yeah, right. did anybody listen to us? You know, but it, that's, <laughs> that's really cool seeing all this. Uh, so this next one comes from Field Scientist 0202 one year ago one year ago so this is like back when we just like really started the revamp the reboot um reboot season Uh, a great quality podcast for let me see sorry i had to expand it a great 
quality podcast for i think it's saying serious bears fans for some reason it's not showing the entire title as an avid sports radio listener i can say with confidence that this is a great quality podcast while both hosts may not be professional sports analysts you got that right they (laughs) do an excellent job of providing an, an enhanced fans viewpoint of what is going on with the team in fact their perspective is what makes the podcast special they often have the same questions and concerns so many bears fans have and have fun discussing them. Can't wait for more episodes to come. Crazy thing about this is this was back when we were recording with not very professional <laughs> mics. So not even the quality. Not, we didn't even sound nice, you know? Yeah. So thank no, you abso- for that. Absolutely. And I think it would be, I feel like our vibe in this podcast is very much just like when we spent a lot of time, either like in high school or our first couple of years in college, really just talking about football like mm-hmm. hanging out in your basement or something like that's it's very that's much it's li- why it's be. like that fans enhanced view or enhanced fans views just because yeah we literally are just kind of like shooting shit sometimes and and just putting out like our raw opinions and sometimes they're very wrong <laughs> you know sometimes they go bad but that's very much just kind of it is is just us sitting here just really talking about it and uh, i really appreciate that you guys kind of find value in that and you know, are along for the ride. Uh, the next next review is from Let's Go Bears 1985, back in the golden year. Uh, <laughs> great, great Bears team. This is also a year ago. Great pod, and said the revamp has served well. Um, you know, appreciate that from from digging way back there, um, all the way up here to the 69th episode. And you know, <laughs> if you're still listening, you're you're one hell of a fan, and I appreciate your support. Yeah, you know. I think that was back when we were talking about when we were restarting the podcast, you know, so I think that's, I wonder if that was a truth listener. Probably not because we barely had any listeners on that podcast. <laughs> um, and then Hopefully. finally, the the very first one we got was by wins with the dollar sign at the end. Great show guys. Keep up the good work. Looking forward to listening during the regular season into the playoffs. The, the sad thing about this one, honestly, is I'm pretty sure this was the season which I don't know if you guys yeah. knew this, but we actually didn't. <laughs> we did the podcast in the off season, and then we didn't do the show during the regular season because we were so busy. So that honestly makes me feel bad. So if you're still listening, man, I uh, listen. I appreciate it. I hope you see how far we've came. Um, yeah, just really appreciate it. And guys, if you got like, I, I don't think people realize how much these reviews help us. This helps promote our podcast so much, you know, so much. And we we talk about wanting to expand to, you know, get an editor or, or like help get some help so that we can put out more content. We really want you guys to like, you know, we're, we're a podcast by fans that's for fans. You know, we're, we're, we don't want to, we never had the intent of coming into this and like making a bunch of money, which is, I think, what has led to the, the kind of laid back approach, I guess, we kind of have with this, uh, where it's not like we're like standing up here like, oh, we're reporters or Bears reporters. No, nah, we, we know that we're not Bears reporters. We know that we're not even want to be Bears reporters. We're just, you know, two dudes that you know like the chicago bears love football and really reese is right we're just kind of putting out content that we would 
just normally have conversations about casually before. And I think that, you know, Reese and I have known each other for a very long time, way before we started this podcast, like significantly before we started this podcast. So it's like, you know, I think that cohesion helps as well, where, you know, that's what, that's what I want to give my, my tip to anybody who's trying to start out a podcast find a co-host that you feel comfortable with. You know, don't, you shouldn't want to, I mean, it's, I know a lot of people have difficulty feeling guarded around people or whatever, but if you do want to start a podcast, make sure you find someone you feel comfortable with because, you know, starting a podcast and putting yourself out there and doing all these things are already difficult enough. The, the last thing you want is to be like awkward with the person you're doing the podcast with. So uh, that's yeah. my little tidbit of advice. Yeah, and and before we kind of move on and, and we're done boring you guys here, if if you're on here for the inspirational train, literally the one thing that I'll say that, I mean, I'm only 22 years old, so I'm not trying to be this big wisdom guy, but literally the one thing <laughs> that I've learned in my, my day. life, <laughs> the, it's so cliche, but the one thing that I've learned is you literally just got to be yourself. Um, as soon as you try to be something fake, like mm-hmm. literally everyone kind of reads it out. So, I mean... You just, you don't even have to sell your personality. You just have to be you and kind of do some other things right in order to bring people in. But you, you'll always find the audience that kind of likes you. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, another final note here if you are interested in starting a podcast or whatever, uh, you know, we're not even at the top of the food spectrum or anything by any means. We're clearly not. We have a long way to go, you know, like a very long way to go. But, you know, we already are in the top 10% of podcasts, believe it or not. You know, there's, and there's, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of podcasts out there that just fail. You know, we, we, we are doing good, you know, we're doing good, um, good enough for me to give my little bit of advice. And that thing is don't focus so much into like a, a, your very first and your duty of being a podcaster is to make everyone just have a good time. You know, that, that's the biggest portion, you know, just make sure everyone has a good time, you know, be friends with your audience. You know, I feel, I, I feel like the people who comment on our YouTube or leave us reviews, those are like our friends are, are, you know, we just set a platform for conversation pretty much. But, and after that, just like, make sure you have good content. And if you have good content and you do it consistently, don't think that stuff is going to, good stuff is going to happen in the first couple of months. Cause it's not, it's going to be very difficult in your first little bit. But, you know, just keep putting out good content. Do it for a long period of time. You know, there's a thing where you tend to, you tend not to, you, t- you tend to underestimate what you can do in five years, but overestimate what you can do in a year. And that's very true. It's all about, you know, every single, every single viewer you get, it makes it easier to get the next viewer. Uh, you, you become more searchable, everything like that. So um, be consistent, try your best. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there. All right. You know, you want to know, you want to know one thing though, Austin. What is one that? thing that makes it easier to be confident is manscaped. There you go. Makes it easier to be confident. Yourself. It, it does. It does. <laughs> With the first pick in the 2021 men's grooming draft, the Ball Saxonville Jaguars select Manscaped, the leaders in below the waist grooming. Looks like Mel Kiper gave this an A plus grade because this pick is a major upgrade for that Bush defense. For all of my NFL draft fans, we have an exclusive 20% offer code, bare necessities, all, all caps, no spaces. Look in the description. I'll spell that at manscaped.com. Reese, 
Uh, yes. Man, but but I know like right at the time when we got this Manscaped ad, you were telling me, you're like, bro, <laughs> it's just out of fucking control down there. <laughs> like oh, you, yeah. you were you were like, I just don't know what to do. You yeah. know, my girlfriend's thinking about leaving me. How <laughs> how so I have to ask you, how has Manscaped increased your confidence? Well, let me tell you what, Austin. I feel like I got all my bases covered. You know, when it comes to the the grooming, when it comes to the lawnmower 3.0, getting everything squared away down there, and also all their other you know products that they offer, like the ball toner. You know, it, it just whenever you you're able to do something like that, you know, you feel like a million bucks. I always feel great. <laughs> I'm not questioning myself. I know that that I'm doing well. So yeah, I really appreciate you know Manscaped for hooking it up. I mean, it's just good to never have to to worry about that kind of stuff and. It's also quality too, so you know I feel like I'm not going to be having to buy something new, you know, a few years down the line. I feel like it's something that's going to going to last me. The reason why Manscaped is the guaranteed number one pick is because of the performance package. This package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Inside the performance package, you'll find products and liquid formulations that they've developed to turn the bathroom into a salon for your balls. This package also includes the Weed Whacker, nose and ear hair trimmer. I can confidently say that this is the best tool on the market for nose and ear hair. Imagine showing and, up and to your... do you believe that? Do you believe that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I actually received my Weed Whacker quite, quite recently, and I don't think I'm ever going to have any nose hairs anymore. I think Bro, that I'm, I'm, trimming, I'm trimming my nose hairs every day, even though there's nothing in there. You know? I, I'm just... I, I keep going I to town. I have to say, too, like... All honesty right here, like, I, I really like the little geometric design they got on there. You know, it, it just feels, oh, com- yeah. it, it feels comfortable, you it's know? It's ergonomic, as, it is. as people like to say. Imagine <laughs> not, showing up to not your sure, post. Not sure if they guarantee you won't get arthritis from it, but, you know. <laughs> right, exactly. I, I don't think we'd, we'd want to make that claim. <laughs> but imagine <laughs> showing up to your post-quarantine date with some nose pubes popping out. Not the best look, fellas. Not not at all. But let me tell you what, guys. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BEARNECESSITIES at manscaped.com. That's right, BEARNECESSITIES. Check it out in the description. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code BEARNECESSITIES. It's time you upgrade that defense with Manscaped. And I got I to gotta always say, man, those underwear... Those underwear are game changers. Like I, I love their underwear. Yeah, by no, far. I mean, and it's... I've tried like other. I've tried other like higher end athletic underwear, and, and their underwear is. I'm not. Um, you know, this is after the read, and I, we would never tell you stuff we don't believe in the read, anyways. But like, game changer, great underwear. It's a life changer, man. It's a life changer. It's like, <laughs> It's like a cloud, bro. You can't even can't. Even, I, I actually, I really do like the underwear as well. I've been a big fan of the shirt. I always love when I get it fresh out of laundry. Feels soft as hell. Pop that mm-hmm. puppy on. You know, it, it's it's a great shirt. It's comfortable as hell. I like to wear it when I'm out there hitting the lakes, pounding the water with some baits. You, you know, you need a nice comfortable shirt on. I'm repping Manscaped, baby. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Yeah. All right, can All we right. finally get in the show now? Yes, oh, yes, yes. Everyone stop yelling. <laughs> Cordell Patterson signed with the Atlanta Falcons. Man, I just, 
I hate that. I, I have to say I hate that. Like, I really liked Cordell Patterson. I, I didn't really care for what he was doing on offense, but, like, as a kick returner, it just made kick returns so interesting, you know? It, it, it I just, I don't like it. And it's weird because he always does amazing with the kick returns, and then he changes teams all the time, which does not make any sense to me because, it's like, how do you not know that? about Patterson like Patterson is known for his kick returns teams get exactly what they're looking for and then they just move on from him man I have to say I, I really wish we were able to re-sign him yeah I mean I'm with you I think he was a really good kick returner he's obviously historically one of the best I mean you know we've been lucky enough to you know have I have a good player at one point in our history named Devin Hester mm-hmm. who uh, w- was very good at that and I think kind of treated us all to probably unrealistic expectations of how good of a kick returner could be. And I think like, even that's why I was sometimes disappointed just on the kick return level with Cordell Patterson. Cause I mean, sometimes I'd expect him to even be a little bit better than he was, but he really was fantastic. I mean, you have to be realistic to what other kick returners in the league are doing. He's best in the league by far. Yeah. Yeah. He's, He's and not only that, he's consistently one of the best in the league, which kind of makes a big difference. Like those players are gonna have a couple good years here and there for kick returns, but it's hard to string it together. And he's been super consistent. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the best thing that he is is a gunner on yeah. punts. I mean, he's an unbelievably good gunner. Um, and on offense, he was just he was terribly misused by Mad Nagy. I mean, yeah. if you go back and rewind it when he was playing in. Minnesota, he was a deep threat, man. Imagine if he, they used him mm-hmm. a little bit more as a deep threat on the offense. At the same time, though, I will pedal this back. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna moan about losing Cordell Patterson. Like, yeah, it blows, but these are the kind of players that I knew we were gonna lose. And fortunately, there's a few players out in this draft that kind of serve as options to replace at that level of returners, and they're not super high draft stock. I mean, they usually never are, but. There's some good players out there that I think could kind of fill in and be a little bit more longer term of a solution. And frankly, it always boils down to if it's someone that's going to be primarily a special teams player. I know Cordell had a, you know, he got a Mm -hmm. lot of touches on the Bears offense. That's for sure. And I think sometimes they're just the wrong kind of touches. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it it ultimately boils down to just how much you're going to pay someone that's primarily in that role. But I... You know, the reason why I don't really like this move, too, is it just hits me the wrong way that it's with the Falcons. And here's the reason why. A, I can see him as a fit with the Falcons. Like, he's going to look good in those Falcons jerseys, which a lot of people hate, but I think are kind of cool. Um, but the main thing is, like, I don't know if you remember this, but who who was the team Devin Hester played for after the Bears? Yeah, the Falcons. The Falcons. And, and like, then briefly bro, at the Ravens, I think. I think he was, don't quote me on this, but I think he retired for a little bit and then played for the Seahawks too for like a little bit. Like they like, really? I think they, yeah, I think they picked him up for like the end of the season or in like the playoffs or something. I could be completely wrong at making that up. Interesting. And anyways, it's like, I don't know, man. I just don't like it. And I really like him as a person too. And maybe that's playing into it. Like he is such like a character and like he had the, how about them bears? And he, he was always like, it seemed like a positive locker room guy, you know, like he just seemed like a a good guy and like a really up. I mean, with how bad the bears were this last season and he was always still so loyal to us, like still, you know, 
so positive and made and how and always professed how much he loved the team. You know, it, it's just I don't like him. I, I understand the importance of special teams. I'm like, damn, like, you know, I grew up like a Chargers fan that watched, you know, some great Chargers teams blow seasons based on poor special mm-hmm. teams alone. Young Hoku. <laughs> also, also a Falcons player now. Yeah, right. Falcons Every, everyone goes to the Falcons. But at the end of the day, this isn't going to be what sinks the Bears five years down the line. I want to make no, sure that everyone keeps that not. clear. I mean, it's a it could affect a couple games here and there. I mean, I'm not going to discount that. Special teams are super important. But at the end of the day, when people are looking back, and if if this team made missteps this offseason, we're not going to be pointing back at Cordell Patterson. Here's the it's reason just, why I don't like it's, it. It's it's this point. I'm not. I'm going to keep cutting you off because I need to say something. No, I cut you off, so don't worry. It's at it's at this point in the offseason where people start making way too big of storylines about these kind of free agent moves. Yeah, I, once again, don't want to downplay the significance of Cordell Patterson, but I mean, honestly, we can't we can't get too soaked up in this. <laughs> well, here's the thing: the Bears aren't competing for the Super Bowl next year, right? They're not competing for the Super Bowl. I don't think that Cordell pa- well, actually, he could if they were competing for the Super Bowl make a bigger impact. The bigger thing to me is like we need to keep fans interested, and Cordell Patterson. I mean, how could you not? how does he not keep you interested in the game? You know, like it's like that one. I remember back, I think it was 2019 against the saints, his first year with us. We, the very first thing that we did is we, they scored a touchdown and then on a punt, the, the long snapper completely missed Pat O'Donnell. Pat O'Donnell had to take a safety for the bears to prevent a touchdown from the saints. And then the saints had to, or, and, or sorry, the, the safety happened and then they kicked it to the, the saints and then the saints scored and then they were kicking it back off. And then Cordell Patterson took it to the house. And it's like, those things can keep fans interested in the game. And I think you're right. It's not going to have a major impact, but it's hard to not miss out on something like that, but we, I think you know, let's not beat a dead horse into the ground. We, we can move on from that. Jim yeah. McMahon, on another positive note, guys. Jim McMahon said the Chicago Bears are where quarterbacks come to die. I think I was spoken right out of my dad's mouth. I think literally I probably heard my dad mutter those words before. And, and you can't help. Is I your mean, dad he's not Jim McMahon. <laughs> No, not quite, but um, it's uh, it's not quite wrong. That's kind of the scary part. But you know, luckily, luckily we had prime Jay Cutler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he didn't quite die here. He died. He had to go to Dolphins. Miami. Yeah, yeah, he had to go to Miami. So take that, Jim McMahon. Um, <laughs> hard to not agree with him a little bit, you know. Like, I don't know. I think it's hard to say there were quarterbacks come to die because I feel like. That would imply that we are like trying to bring in good quarterbacks in the past and like try to get them to be good with us now. And I guess we did that kind of with Nick Foles, but it's like that that doesn't tend to be the cycle. We tend to just not have a good quarterback, you know. We just get the rejects, man. We just get the, the people mm-hmm. that have no future. Like that's what it ultimately yeah. boils down to. And then even when they eventually have someone that has a little bit of potential, they never have the right pieces in place to develop that and maximize that. That's what the issue's always been. I mm-hmm. mean, it's just, they always just miss, man. There's no other way to explain it. Like, it's usually they can't bring in. I'd say more of the issue is they can't bring in. 
that quarterback that can even have the potential for their career to die off. I mean, maybe Nick yeah. Foles' career is dying here on the Bears. That's very true. You know? Yeah. But yeah. I just Hell, maybe Andy Dalton will be <laughs> thrown back into the mist after he's done here with the Bears. Who knows? Yeah. I mean maybe he'll Andy Dalton will be our forty T D quarterback. No. Um it, that, that's unbelievable. No forty touchdown quarterback ever in this ugh. team's history. That's it's almost unfeasible. 4, 000, how that can I mean, be a thing. Four thousand yards is worse. Four thousand yards is worse. You know, like no no four thousand yards is like insane to me. No no court. I mean, it's just what are we doing? Yeah, guys? we got quarterbacks out here throwing for five thousand, and these days comfortably over five thousand. Didn't Drew so. Brees? Th- how, didn't Drew Brees did it like five six years in a row? <laughs> but probably even more. Did he? Yeah, I think like five thousand. And then Matthew Stafford was doing it with those terrible Lions teams. It's like I don't know. I, I just I I really don't even know where to begin have to hope that the trend stops now. I think I truthfully believe Matt Nagy is going to help us with the quarterback evaluation at the end of the day, though, it, it comes down to the point where it's like, sometimes it is just a numbers game. Like how many, how many guys you're willing to throw out the position. I mean, we've seen, you know, for instance, the Cardinals take a quarterback in the first round and then the following year, take Kyler Murray. That's working out pretty good for them. The Dolphins traded a second round pick for Josh Rosen and then ended up taking Tua the next year. So it's one of those situations where it's like it's almost a numbers game, but the Bears don't even put themselves in a position to win the numbers game. Literally, the sole quarterback drafted by Ryan Pace is Mitchell Trubisky. Yep. That's a major issue. Yeah. First off, they never even give themselves the chance. Like that's they never pick enough quarterbacks, that's for sure. And I think the other big takeaway is that they need to trade for Josh Rosen or pick him up in some capacity <laughs> so that we can <laughs> yeah, right. put ourselves in the position to, <laughs> to pick a, a decent QB. But no, really, you hit the main issue on the head. It's 100% that they just never even bring anyone in to develop. I mean, goddamn, look at who the two quarterbacks on the roster are right now. I know we're still mm-hmm. yet to go to the draft, but Andy Dalton, Nick Foles, there's no development there. Mm-hmm. They're, I have- they're fully realized. And, and yeah. <laughs> Trubisky's the only person they draft. Like, are you kidding me? Even That's teams insane. that feel comfortable at the quarterback pick quarterbacks more often than that. That is so insane. That's such an insane stat. Ryan Pace has been our GM for like six, seven years now. Seven, something like that. Well, maybe six. over six years. Over six years. You'd have to think, right? No, I don't know. Around that, regardless, six or seven years, we have had terrible quarterback play and. One quarterback drafted. One single quarterback drafted. That doesn't make any sense, man. That just doesn't make sense. We, honestly, if we take a quarterback in the first round this year, times are changing, man. I mean, what what happened with Josh Rosen? What happened with Sam Darnold? Quarterback's leash is getting smaller and smaller. The Bears should draft a quarterback in the first round every single year until they are 100% certain that they are getting the quarter they are getting their quarterback, you know? Maybe not even in the first round, first couple rounds, you know? It's it's just like the stupidity. I mean, look at look at the Eagles. They felt a little bit of discomfort with Carson Wentz even though he was on a massive contract and brought in Jalen Hurts. You know, I, again, not a huge Jalen Hurts fan with the Eagles right now, but I'm just saying it's like 
It's the stupid. It, it doesn't make sense. We're not taking enough shots. Quarterback, as much as you want to say that it's like, oh, you know, someone's a genius for drafting this quarterback. You know, the Chiefs are a genius for drafting Patrick Mahomes. Here, at the end of the day, people believe that NFL GMs know a lot more than they do. A lot of the time, it's a complete crapshoot. You know, a lot of the time, it's like just, again, it's just a numbers game. It's how many, how much you're willing to throw at that position. And the Bears have consistently shown that they are not willing to throw that much at the position. I mean, they're not even playing in the game. Like, the odds are out there. There's the mm-hmm. probabilities to crapshoot. But the, the Bears are watching from the sidelines. Like, everyone mm-hmm. out, else out there, they're playing poker and all that, and they're sitting there on the side watching it. Like, they're not even taking the damn odds. They're sitting on the sidelines not doing anything. Mm-hmm. You can't win the game if you don't even play in it. Like, damn. Exactly. How, how the exactly. hell are you supposed to find a franchise quarterback when you're not ever in the market to get one? Mm-hmm. And sure, you can try to trade and get someone in free agency, but everyone knows it's damn well the best if you can pick them up in the draft. If you can lock someone down right from the start, you're setting yourself up. If you can get an actual franchise quarterback, look at the damn Green Bay Packers, man. They got past 50, I mean, really the past 30 years of their franchise have been perfectly stable because they've always had someone in line. And they also I have Bart Starr, I don't know if too. Jordan Love will work out, but like still, I mean, come on. It's just, it's so disappointing because we deserve better. We, I'm telling you, dude, there are, we have literally been through hell and back and the Chicago Bears still will sell out Soldier Field every damn game like the it's it's insane this team has had terrible seasons and they will sell out the stadium every single time because guess what chicago is an a plus market to begin with right but also i mean we i guarantee you we have a lot of listeners here that are you know blackhawks fans who got to see the blackhawks win 3 in like what six years three and six years something yeah. like that yep. three and six years that is insane we have a lot of listeners who are bulls fans that saw the bulls in the 90s cubs fans who saw the cubs win a, win a world series in 2016 Sox fans who saw those Sox win a world series previously we have all these teams who have collectively a really high amount of championships for you know a single city but at the end of the damn day chicago is still a bears city you know, that's insane to think about. That is so crazy to think about. Even during like, it's insane. Even during the Hawks runs, bro, I remember I would be, I would still be hearing about Jay Cutler. Everyone would be talking about Jay Cutler. You know, it, it, it's one of those things where it's like, we are a bear city. We have shown our dedication to the franchise and consistently still no quarterback, no damn quarterback ever. I mean, can yep. it, it, this is, I can't even say it's Browns level because like the Browns before Baker Mayfield just have like some of the most terrible, but this is terrible. This is as bad as it gets. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's purgatory, man. I mean, there's, until they change their ways, there's no escape. I mean, that's the way, that's the way it is. And yeah, I mean, it's so frustrating and everyone can see the downfall, but hey, they, they're the ones that need to wake up and see it. I mean, the fans have been screaming for it for a long time. But ultimately, you know, in, until they're able to go out there and get someone, I know that a lot was made of, 
you know, I, I don't get this either too, man. And maybe this kind of transition to the next topic, but I don't get why people will go like, oh my God, Nagy was seen at Fields Pro Day. Like, oh, what does this mean? Like, of course, hmm. like they're somewhat considering a quarterback, like they're at least going to have someone show up to the Pro Day. I mean, it's super serious when you get both the GM and the head coach, but I, I, you know, would be hoping that the Bears are scoping out Justin Fields. Like, I would be pissed off if they weren't at his pro day. I'd be like, are you kidding mm-hmm. me? You're not even doing your due diligence. Like, if this man slides, you need to know whether or not it's going to be good to possibly trade up or, or go all in on this man. So mm-hmm. I, I think that I'm happy that Nagy was at Justin Fields pro day. I think that Justin Fields could be a good pickup for this team, especially if he's someone that slides. I mean, this is someone that we're talking about going second overall. And, and a lot of people would say that he's sliding for good reason, but he almost really isn't like, this is just some more of the weird, like kind of media things that go on and, and people are having more and more doubts about him. Um, we're hearing the, the Ohio state QB thing, which is, Oh, when's the last time Ohio state's produced a good quarterback. And it's like, yeah, good point. But like also to Alabama (laughs) and we gas, everyone's gassing out Mac Jones. And it's like, sure. You can say what you can say Tua. Yeah. I know BYU, like besides Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Yeah. People would be like, Oh, Jim McMahon, dude, BYU, (laughs) the greatest bears quarterback. The bears had a great quarterback. His name was Jim McMahon. I love those comments. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's go ahead and move on. Matt Nagy spotted at Justin Fields Pro Day. The the interesting thing about this to me is that the Chicago Bears were not initially listed as a as someone who was viewing Justin Fields Pro Day, and it was only when that picture came out that the that Twitter kind of got a hold of it. And this is kind of interesting because a similar thing happened with Mitchell Trubisky, where the Bears were very intentional about not sh- displaying at least on full full blast that they were at Mitchell Trubisky's pro day and and stuff like that. Um, And they were very secretive about, you know, their meetings with him and everything like that. So a lot of people were saying, Hey, this actually might be a signal that the bears are interested in, in Justin Fields. You know, Fields was also shown laughing and smiling with Kyle Shanahan, who, as we know, has the third overall pick. I think he could be the pick there unfortunately for the bears um you know i don't think it's set in stone that it's mac jones i think a lot of people point to that but it's like bro if i'm given the choice of mac jones or justin fields it's just it's not even a question to me it's like it's not even a question to me it's like bro justin fields i'm telling you the one thing that is absolutely gut-wrenching to defenses in the NFL is being able to hit that deep ball. And Justin Fields hit it like eight times in the Clemson game in the playoffs. There's criticisms of Justin Fields, but at the same time, it's like we can be stretching at times. I mean, we're living in a day where someone like Josh Allen, when he was coming out, he was picked in the top 10. And Josh Allen was not that accurate at all. And he didn't show that many it characteristics. You know, he ended up becoming a good quarterback, but you're going to tell me that Justin Fields isn't in contention for the third overall pick? Get out of here. Yeah, he definitely is. And I think that as far as the Bears maybe trying to be more murky on, you know, how interested they are on him, it is overall a good thing because they absolutely need to be. 
I mean, even when the Bears call the phone of whoever it's going to be that they need to trade up to get him if they decide to do that, they're going to end up getting raked over the coals for it. I mean, it's the same thing that we talked about with the Bears going after Russell Wilson. Like, yeah, you're desperate for a quarterback, and it it stinks, and everyone in the league knows it, and they're not going to let you get away with it. At the end of the day, if you end up getting your franchise quarterback— it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you end up having to give up a couple first because you're going to get something that's a hell of a lot more valuable than that. But, you know, it also carries that risk. And, you know, if the Bears made it very, you know, audible that they were open trading up to get Justin Fields, I mean, what they would have to give up to get him would just be absolutely nuts. And, yeah, I'm sure the 49ers at three, they're definitely at the very least have to be considering it. I mean, I would be surprised if they just felt like it was Mac Jones a hundred percent all the way. I know also the the Falcons were there as well, who were right there at four. I mean, the quarterbacks are coming off fast this draft. I mean, there's just no way around it. And they're good. They deserve to come off fast. I think they're good they're good teams you know I think that the Bears if they want a shot at one of these top guys you have to be aggressive and at least trade into the top 10 if not the top five I mean it's possible that all these top five guys could be gone by pick seven it, it I'm really already is possible I'm already selling with Kellen Mond in my mind no me too I'm, me too I'm already like my mind with this Bears team has already trained me to like be hype as hell like if they end up getting Kellen Mond because that's really like that's where the bar is at in my mind I'll I probably be Kellen, very upset if they don't end up getting him and I'll be pretty happy if they do <laughs> bro the, the way it's looking right now Kellen Mond might be a first round draft pick it, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me it would not surprise me it honestly the Bears might have to take him at 20 it would not surprise me if he sneaks up into the first round here I mean, there's a lot of QB needy teams at the end of the first round. I mean, we're talking about the Bears. We're talking about the Redskins, or sorry, the Washington football team. Um, <laughs> geez. Uh, we're talking about uh, the Steelers. You know, all these teams have a need at quarterback at the end of this first round. And it's like, it could be this Jordan Love situation where it's like... Yeah, I was just about to say, if Jordan Love can go in the first round, Kellen Mond certainly can. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kellen Mond, I think there's a very realistic scenario where he turns out better than Mac Jones in the NFL. Is it, oh, okay. And Ma, then Mac Jones. I was going to say that he gets selected in the first round. I was going to say it's definitely at least around 50%, I would say. How would you and, feel if they draft him at 20 I wouldn't be overly upset. I couldn't help but feel that maybe it's a little bit of them drafting over. But if they had such conviction, look, man, they'd get absolutely roasted if it didn't work out. But at the end of the Mm -hmm. day, if it works out, like, you got him. And and I could definitely, I mean, he's he has that mold of someone that maybe he's not, like, a 20. Maybe the Bears, realistically, they could trade back to, like, 30. And nab him. I would love because that. he's a quarterback that's that. coming off at like thirty ish. I'd feel like, but yeah, I mean maybe you just play it comfortable, play it safe, and go out and get him. They could probably have a little bit of leeway if they want to trade back a little bit. I know some people say like second or third on him, but just uh, the quarterback market's so hot right now. I mean, really, I, you cannot overstate that value. 
I mean, you look at some of the guys drafted in the second last year. I mean, they were guys that were projected third, fourth round. You know, the the realistic situation with quarterbacks is they just go way higher than they're supposed to. And honestly, dude, if Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace look over all his film and they say, this is a guy that fits my system well, he's able to make all the throws that we want him to make, and I feel comfortable with him, go for it. Take him at 20. I don't truthfully care when you take him but as long if you have conviction on a guy if you if they truly believe that this guy can be a franchise quarterback more likely than not you have to draft him in the first round you have to draft him the first chance you get you know it's one of those things where it's like do you view him as like a potential like maybe maybe not okay then maybe don't draft him in the first round maybe come back to him in the second but yeah if we can you know, trade back and grab him and pick up another second round pick or something. It's home run, man. That's I, and I think, I know it sounds crazy to talk about Kelamon going in the first round, but believe me, there's been way worse quarterbacks than Kelamon that have went in the first round. I mean, one that sticks out glaringly to me. It's funny because I can barely even remember his name. It was in 2016, I want to say, Memphis court quarterback went to the Broncos. Jeez, what was his name? Uh, Paxton Lynch. Paxton Lynch. Paxton Lynch, yep. Went, went, if Paxton Lynch can go in the first round, bro, and he went pretty... I mean, I think he went at like around 20. If he can go in the first round, yeah, Kellen Mond can go in the first round. Tim Tebow, man. He was a first rounder. Johnny Manziel. I know Johnny Manziel had some hype out of college, but like, you know, there were very real concerns about him as well. Uh, so yep. yeah, he he could he could definitely Mond can definitely go in the first round. Um, the majority of Bears players are not participating in voluntary workouts, and they're citing COVID concerns. I per- I think this is going to be the situation for most NFL teams this year. I'm not too concerned about it personally. Um, but it seems like a lot of fans on Twitter are like, oh, great. <laughs> like, like, oh, this is going to, the voluntary workouts are going to be a major impactor for us next year when we have Andy Dalton as our quarterback. <laughs> Ultimately, like what it boils down to is like, you could tell some of the players that prepared really well for last season, like the team just needs to be on these players well for being, maintaining themselves over the off season. Because mm-hmm. a lot of these guys can do the weight training by themselves with their personal trainers that they like all have, you know, they can get fit, stay fit by themselves. And, you know, if some of them don't feel comfortable running the risk with working out by each other, then like, so be it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. That's all that needs to be said about that. Okay. So now we're going to be talking a little bit more about the draft. We're going to be getting to our top 12 draft prospects or sorry, 14 draft prospects cumulatively. And these are going to be guys that are going round one to whenever in the draft, just like guys that we both Reese and I have came up with that are like key fits for the team. Um, But first let's talk about like, how should the Chicago bears approach the draft? We talked about this a little bit last week, but like, should they be aggressive? Should they, you know, move up and trying to snag one of these top five options or should they try to be a little bit timid, you know, trade back, pick up some more draft picks? One of the things I love about trading back, especially if it's to like draft Kellen Mond, it's like, if it doesn't work out, we can just draft quarterback next year in our first round. Like, we're going to be terrible if it doesn't work out. So it's like, why not just draft quarterback next year? We'll maintain our first round pick next year. 
But if you go out and you trade your, you know, 2022 first round pick, it's like, I mean, we're talking about a situation that could potentially lead to a disaster if that quarterback doesn't work out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that pessimism in my mind over that team has really, really swayed me to think that they should just, in my head, like the best case scenario is that they trade back a little bit, get themselves in a position to hopefully pick up Mond. Or if they, I mean, if they feel conviction with, you know, someone like Jamie Newman, so mm-hmm. be it, man. Like, I, you know, if sliding back, taking a quarterback in second, third round, and I think this draft has a huge opportunity for the Bears to pick up some good players at all a lot of positions in need. So mm-hmm. in my opinion, you have the opportunity in this draft to pick up a tackle. You have the opportunity in this draft to pick up at least another wide receiver, um, mm-hmm. another safety, and possibly even a corner too. If you linebacker want to too, Line, too. inside linebacker is super deep. Yeah, inside linebacker too. And honestly, I didn't even address that one that much, but I just thought in my head, like, man, there's an opportunity out here to get some some good players. And some of them that I even added a couple people on there, I thought a lot like mid-round-ish. So a lot of my players are probably like second through fifth round grades, honestly. I didn't focus too much on late-round players because mm-hmm. a lot of that can be really hard to kind of speculate this far down the line. And goddamn, we beat the hell out of all the different first-round people. So I really didn't include anyone besides one player that kind of matches that grade. And then mostly mm-hmm. everything after that is just things that they could do in the the higher to mid-round picks. What do you want their first-round pick to be? Like, what position ideally would you be taking? I know it's, uh, it's a player's league. It's not a position league, so that can be problematic. But, like... That's, that's like a... I have, like, two answers for that. So, like, optimally, like, I would say quarterback because they so desperately need it. And then the mm-hmm. practical side of me says if they stay with that twenty pit twentieth pick, then I I've been really happy with the idea of them taking a tackle. Yeah, I think that they can get a qual- quality receiver down the board. To be honest, yeah, I I agree with that. You know, wide receiver is one of those things where it's like almost the second round wide receivers can be the best value, especially if you already have a number one wide receiver. Um, and there's also like real, we, we need more of an inside guy, a slot guy. So it's like, especially slot wide receivers, they specifically, you know, they're, they're pretty deep down the draft. I, I know I, I'm not going to have this guy on my, uh, list, but Elijah Moore out of, uh, Ole Miss. I mean, he's a yeah. really good slot receiver. He's probably going to be going in like the fourth round. Um, you know, would you be that upset if they drafted a weapon? Like if they if they get a, a shot at you know a good weapon, I wouldn't be that upset if they take it. You know, as long as it's a wide receiver. Yeah, I guess. Like I wouldn't yeah. be upset with Tooney. I know Tooney's been linked up with the whole time. I'd probably mm-hmm. be more apt to take Tooney than Bateman that high. I've seen. Oh a yeah, me people, too. I've seen that link up. Um, nah. from Bateman in the first round of the 20th pick, and I'm not sure I'm the biggest fan of that. It would need to be an explosive weapon for me. Like, if you, if it's, like, a guy that's really explosive, you know, I think that, obviously, uh, Darnell Mooney is a good, uh, you know, he's an explosive weapon for us, but I think, you know, this, especially if you can get a guy that can hit the deep ball, um, even like Kellen Mond has a good deep ball too. He has good deep accuracy. He has a fast release. If you can get a guy that can hit the deep ball like Kellen Mond and then pick up like a good guy that can really threaten deep, like a like a Kadarius Tony, it's like 
that's a, I mean, that, that would be really good. Having that connection would be really good. And the one thing that I worry about is a lot of these guys that you can get in the later stage of the first round, they're shorter guys, you know, like Tony, I think he's like 5'10 and Mooney's already a little bit undersized. It's not always the best to have a lot of undersized guys, but I mean, I'm going to get into Tony cause he's a part of my draft prospects list, but I'll get into, into him later. But Tony has some very special traits. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't be upset, and I do kind of agree. I think that I think they can honestly hit on wide receiver later on. I mean, we can get into it because mm-hmm. I have a couple of people. Let's yeah, let's just let's just get into it. Let's go ahead and start off twelve or sorry, fourteen draft prospects that we would like to see on the Chicago Bears. When we did this last year, we actually got a couple of the guys that we drafted. I know specifically Kendall Vildor. I think we both talked about as a potential option for the bears getting i think we we said fifth round i can't i think that's when we ended up drafting him too so you guys can know that one of these guys they're going to get drafted by the bears so get excited (laughs) (laughs) hell yeah well i'll start off and uh someone actually i think we got into before we've done a couple little bit of draft prospect uh look out sam cosme uh Mm. tackle at texas wouldn't actually be my first pick um, I, I do like a few of the tackles in this draft I and mean, it's not the, the almost absurd the cream of the crop is definitely Penny Sewell, but I think at 20 Sam Cosme could be a decent pickup. I know a little bit of the size is kind of the concern though. I think on him, which, uh, I definitely, I definitely understand as the bears have had undersized offensive linemen quite a bit. <laughs> Yeah, and he he is a very athletic guy, and I would feel comfortable with Juan Castillo, uh, you know, coaching him up. He seems like a good option. I know some people are saying he might be able to slip into the second round if you can get him there even better. Um, But, yeah, definitely someone that has potential to be a really good left tackle. Or if he doesn't work out, maybe you just throw him at right tackle, and he should work out there with that athleticism. Uh, My first pick, I'll just get him off right off the back, Kadarius Toney. Um, you know, I think, I think that he could be, you know, a really special player. What stands out to me so much with him is a, how explosive he is, but B, he has to have like one of the best contact balance out of a wide receiver that I have seen in such a long time, like such a long time. Like he just does not go down. And that's why I think he'd be so good in the bears offense is how much we use, you know, screens, uh, how much we use, you know, like little shovel passes. I think he'd be really good there. And then also he's good with the RPOs. You know, he, he's just an all around explosive receiver and really hard to take down. Yeah. You, you throw it to him on a nice deep comeback route and he's able to shake that cornerback and mm-hmm. you're going to see how, why it's so important to be able to, to make that, uh, you know, break that tackle off initial contact. I think that's really not something that's talked about a lot, even with wide receivers, especially because we don't really think about them being the most physical players. But hey, man, when you can break that first tackle, and when you're doing when you're playing wide receiver, and usually they're working with a lot more space, that ability to get out of that first one's gonna allow you to create a lot more. And that's what we saw him do at Florida. Um, he worked really well with Trask, of course, and I mean he brought a lot of life to a team that in the recent history his offense has been extremely flat help bring a lot of life to him both him and Kyle Pitts uh both really mm-hmm. really showing out and, and and Tony he's he's there's a potential he could slip into round two but he's mostly the late round one guy um yeah big fan of him yeah absolutely and my my next uh 
My next player is Javon Holland, safety in Oregon. Mm. Uh, kind of a little bit more of what I think a lot of people have been wanting to see out of that safety position for the Bears, especially when it's complimenting Eddie Jackson. A little bit more of that player that can mix it up down in the run defense, but also holds his own in pass coverage. Um, a little bit more balanced, but it's not really afraid to mix it up. I think we've kind of seen shy play from the safety, especially that strong mm-hmm. safety role here recently, and I think that he would uh, bring a decent amount of stability there too. You bring in a player like that on a young uh, rookie contract, and you don't really... With him, Jalen Johnson, um, you don't really have to worry about you know signing any. You have two quality DBs that are playing on really good deals. Essentially, what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, and I have another DB on my list as well. That's cornerback J.C. Horn. Uh, some people are saying that he could even slip into round two as well. I just I think he's so underrated in this draft. I think he's the the best cornerback in the draft. Truthfully. Um, someone that would compliment Jalen Johnson really well. And then you'd have, hey, two cornerbacks on rookie contracts. That would allow us to devote a lot of money to other positions going forward. Um, and just, you know, someone that I, I think is just a really good cornerback. He plays South Carolina. Um, you know, a school that's been p- pumping out some good football players recently. Um, just big fan of him. He's, again, another guy that we'd probably target, have to target in round one. I know a lot of people would be upset going defense, but, you know. We do need a cornerback. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'd probably be a little upset, but at the same time, there's no doubting that he's that quality of player that should be picked in that area. And, you know, I feel great with Jalen Johnson. Um, if we could get another young corner that forces Trufant to either have to play, you know, somewhere else in the secondary, mm-hmm. I would be totally fine with that because really, I mean, having two lockdown corners would be amazing and kind of leads me on to i think there's a lot of actually really good dbs in this draft actually definitely um someone that i've been keyed in on really from the jump is ifitu melon fanwu on syracuse i mean he's physical he's got great size which you just that's not really always something you see in a corner and still has great ball skills i mean i i just don't really see what's not to like from him um, he could be a great value add to really any team that thinks going to be able to pick him in the second round. I think that's really as far as he'll go. Um, he has, I think he has the ability to really make it work. Maybe it could be like the Jalen Johnson pick of, of this draft, honestly, mm-hmm. as far as quality, quality pick at, you know, a good, good price. He reminds me a lot of Trayvon Mullen from Clemson last year. I don't know if you remember him, but really yeah. athletic guy. Um, you know, plays good in press. You know, he, he's just a good wide receiver. Kind of plays at an underrated school that doesn't get a ton of attention. So, yeah, he can definitely be kind of similar, yeah, to Jalen Johnson playing at Utah. Um, yeah, he could be a definitely good value. Honestly, I would be more apt to go cornerback in the second round. I think that cornerback in the second round is a really good value, especially in this draft. Um so yeah, I, w- I would definitely be down for him. I think that if if he wasn't on your list, he would have been on my list for sure. I'm going to do one last round one prospect here. Um, this is offensive tackle or offensive guard. Uh, he, I, I think he's an offensive tackle. I think he's a left tackle in the NFL. Elijah Vera Tucker from USC. Uh, man, I mean, when you talk about just a guy that when you plug him in, you just know that you're going to have a starting left tackle. That's what I see out of Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, you know, some people don't think he's like the most athletic guy. I think that's very 
overrated. You know, I think that Elijah Vera Tucker is a left tackle at the NFL level. Did it a really good job with it at USC. Um, you know, just just a good prospect, just a guy that I think people are going to be surprised that he fell when it's all said and done. Yeah, I think so too. I'm actually surprised that he doesn't have a bit higher of a grade. I think I always liked his game um, at the college level. And usually, I mean, USC is a, can actually be an offensive lineman factory. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of surprised that his name Austin didn't jump Jackson up. Austin Jackson back in last year for the Dolphins. He did yeah. good too. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm surprised that his his name hasn't floated up there a little bit more with the likes of like Christian Darasaw or, or, you know, whoever else you'll, you'll want to throw up there. But, um, my next player is Amari Rogers, uh, kind of, kind of has the concern of the fact that he's maybe a little bit more similar in stature to, to Mooney. He's not the biggest guy. I think he might be five ten or so. Um, but at the same time, uh, kind of prefaces a little bit, someone that could help fill out in the return game. He has an explosive return, man. Um, and that explosiveness also kind of translates on the, the offensive side of the ball as well. Very shifty um, ability to to really kind of to work every single level. He can be an asset in the short, mid, long range passing game. I think that's what you want to see in today's game. Very much. I mean, I'm not saying he's Tyree Kill at all, but that's the same way that Kansas City uses mm-hmm. Tyree Kill. I mean, they use him all over the field. Basically, anywhere you can get this man in space is going to be a good place to put him. I'm just so shocked with Amari Rogers how low he's projected to go because he's projected like third round grade on a lot of from a lot of different people. I'm just like I don't see it, man. I think that he could be a really really good wide receiver in this league. Um, he's the son of T. Martin. For anybody who knows that, he's a, a former quarterback and he was a wide receivers coach for the college football game. He's known for putting out really really good wide receivers. And he actually works for the Baltimore Ravens right now as their wide receiver coach. So he has like a respected, you know, family line. His, you know, obviously with your dad being a wide receiver coach, he's probably been taught it from a very young age. Um, But yeah, Amari Rogers, I would be very happy if the Bears got him. So I, I, I mean, we talked about this guy earlier, Kellen Mond. How could he not be on my list? Um, He's going, he's probably going to go in round two. Maybe he goes round three. Uh, potentially round one, depending on just how it goes. Um, I mean, it, it's so it's so hard, I guess, to p- find flaws in Kellen Mond's game. I think his biggest quote-unquote flaw is that he never really took that next step on the college football level. And I think the issue was more that he had that expectation that he was going to take that next step. And he just never really followed it up. It's like, it's almost like, how can you blame him? Texas A&M's offense has always been super uninspiring. You know, they don't get a ton of top recruits. Um, you know, God, who's their coach again? I'm blanking on his name. Jimbo Fisher, baby. Yeah, yeah. Jimbo Fisher, not, you know, most exciting name as as a head coach. Yeah, I mean, um, he's pretty damn good, though. <laughs> he, he's good, but it's like, he, it's not like he's known for pumping out quarterbacks, right? I mean, Jameis. Yeah, I mean, Jameis, but... <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I guess that kind of speaks for itself. I think Mond, I'd be super excited with him. Uh, you know, the robot in the pocket holds the ball up high, but, you know, hey, it can't be perfect, right? And, and it leads me to Jamie Newman. I'll tell you what, if it's the third round and the Bears haven't drafted a quarterback yet, I'm going to really be hoping, and, and assuming that Mond's off the board, 
Jamie Newman is going to be a real interesting and intriguing name for me there. Mm. Someone that I definitely like for them to scoop out or scope out. I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't be my first choice quarterback, but I think after Mond, he's probably my, my guy that I'd like them to look after. Yeah. If you want to compare, you know, these two guys to NFL quarterbacks, I'd say Kellen Mond. He reminds me a lot of Dak Prescott coming out again, uninspiring SEC school, um you know did well was productive in college but some people saying that he doesn't really have that quote-unquote special ability um and then jamie newman i like to compare him to uh teddy bridgewater but honestly i think he's a little more advanced with the deep throws than teddy bridgewater was coming out of college the thing is with um jamie newman is you just have to wonder if like the lack of tape is benefiting him like if he actually has you have to wonder is it like hurting him or benefiting him mostly it's kind of a crapshoot man we really don't know because i feel like he could be really good and there was thoughts of him being having a much higher draft grade but then there's also there's also the doubts there too i mean and especially after trubisky you know picking a, a mm. non-well seasoned quarterback is, is a tough one yeah and some people another quarterback people throw out there for the bears is davis mills who was stanford's quarterback the tape that I watch on him man i'm just you know, I, and I get that he was a five-star recruit. I get that people say he's really good at processing. It's just he has some terrible overthrows, and it reminds me of Trubisky. Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't be happy with Mills at all, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, and he's someone that I definitely think lack of film is benefiting him more than it's helping him. Like, Kellen Mond, I think that how much film he has is actually hurting him. Like, I think if we only had, like, one season of Kellen Mond, like, we with these other guys i think that he would be like he might be in the first round you know like he he would look a lot better and you'd see a lot more potential but when you don't take that step after a couple years it's kind of worrisome um but yeah i'm gonna move on uh round two guy uh maybe round three joseph asai out of texas edge rusher now a lot of people might say you know we don't really need an edge rusher uh we kind of do our edge rushers are getting older uh, we need to get some more guys in the rotation. Joseph Asai, he's, I just think he's going to be one of those guys that, you know, every once in a while you'll see a second-round pick really blossom once he hits the NFL out of that edge position. And I could, I could definitely see this out of Joseph Asai. I think that he is going to be a really good player on the NFL level. Explosive, aggressive, you know, everything you like to see out of that, all the intangibles you like to see out of that uh, edge rushing position and then outside of that he has pretty violent arms which i think is such an unteachable trait you know he has so much aggression with his technique he's not the most technically savvy but you know that the basis is there yeah there's actually a lot of decent edge rushers in this draft and i didn't necessarily put any on my list just because I think I was so focused on immediate need, but yeah, you're totally right. I mean, those edge rushing pools getting a little aged on this team, and I think that you know, looking towards him, towards a side would be would be a good look. I mean, yeah, you bring up a good point with the violent arms. Um, it's just kind of a mentality thing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you just can't really even, like you said, you can't quite train that in. He brings that, he has that chip on his shoulders. Everyone kind of mm-hmm. like to say so. But I got a couple of Michigan players to to round it all out here. Uh, first one being Ambry Thomas, uh, cornerback from Michigan. Uh, someone that never really quite realized his full value. Once again, another person that does have return potential here. He's like, he's like 
could be the Eddie Jackson pick at like corner, you know, he mm-hmm. really just brings like that dynamic to the game. Always really like what he had. He's not the most physical corner. So that might be, you know, your knock on him a little bit has great instincts on the ball. Really. He maybe even looks like he plays a little bit faster than he maybe even really is. You know, he just plays quick. I think he's a, a sharp thinker and for that cornerback position, that's really kind of the main intangible that I'm looking for. Yeah, so my next guy is Creed Humphreys, um, center from Oklahoma. He's he's definitely the best center in the draft, and he's probably going to go in round two. I think center in round two can be one of the best value picks you can have at in the NFL. Um, man, I know a lot of people are happy with Sam Mustafer, and I am as well, but like Creed Humphrey is going to be an all pro on the NFL level. And I just think getting a guy like that would help so much with David Montgomery and like really transform this offensive line, especially if you pair him with a nice offensive tackle. I mean, maybe we go Elijah Vera Tucker in round one, Creed Humphrey in round two, trade up, get Kellen Mond. I mean, that that's a, that's a team that is starting to form together around the most important positions. So yeah, I, I think that Creed Humphrey would be such a perfect pick in round two and whoever gets him if they're getting him in round two is getting an amazing value yeah as, as content as we are with Mustafer, it'd be even better to get a player that can put him on the bench and i think creed humphreys definitely brings that level of talent and yeah like you said especially if you're going to build but bring in a quarterback to build that relationship between setter and quarterback is really something that's not really talked amongst a lot of people for a lot of maybe like more seasoned people have been watching football for a long time would understand how important that relationship is but kind of just mm-hmm. like a casual fan it's not really something that that really crosses their mind and my last player you know ending off strong here on michigan wide receiver nico collins always mm-hmm. really liked his game what i saw at michigan um a pretty good route runner maybe not the best um, every now and then we'll drop a ball, but man, he can make some big time catches. And I think that he's someone that you pair him, uh, with like a Justin Fields, you pair him with Kellen Mond, someone that can make these deep throws and you let him work with them. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen, you know, uh, Nico Collins run a skinny post. that was just a huge play and he can make diving catches. He can, he can honestly do it all. He's had a couple one handers. Everyone can do that these days, seeming with these gloves, but I really like his game, and I think that, you know, at Michigan, they always just kind of struggled passing the past few years. Um, kind of hurt someone like Donovan Peoples-Jones draft stock coming out last year, but he ended up really um, latching on well with that Cleveland Browns team. And the the one thing that always sticks out to me about Nico Collins is just his size. He's such a big dude. He's 6'4", I believe, if I remember that correctly. Uh, yeah, he's we, good. He's got a good stature, yeah. And, and stuff like that can be so beneficial when it comes to, especially helping a young quarterback, a wide receiver that can get up there and get some jump balls. Very important. Uh, my final guy, uh, Jam, sorry, Jamin Davis, I think is how you pronounce his first name. Uh, yeah. Can't can't say it correctly. I'm sorry, uh, but he is a linebacker from Kentucky. Man, when you watch this guy play. He is like he is like a heat-seeking missile. Uh, reminds me a little bit of how Roquan plays, where he's so athletic, he hits so hard, but he's also very you know patient and intelligent of a linebacker, which is so important at this NFL level. I mean, we are so past the age of 
you know, just run and hit linebacker play, you know, <laughs> like back in like, you know, th- 20 years ago when it was just like you, you hit, that's your job as a linebacker. You hit, uh, he, you know, yeah. Davis is, Davis is a, a, a very good modern day linebacker. And I, I think it'd be great to replace our uh, current linebacker on the team. That's from Kentucky, Danny Trevathan. Yeah, these days in the NFL, to be a linebacker and to be elite, you need to be one of the smartest people on the field. I mean, it's such a demanding position, not only from kind of just being the leader of that defense, making sure everyone's aligned and in place, but also reading and analyzing the play. If you're a middle linebacker and you get caught up in the wrong gap, you could have just taken what could be a two-yard gain and turned it into a 15, 20, Mm -hmm. 35-yard gain. So it's extremely important that you're on your game not only just for every play, but every aspect of the play, you need to make sure that everyone's in the right position. And, and also the intangibles that, that he brings. I mean, like you said, not only just the intelligence, but the patience, um, and then the patience followed by just the explosive reaction. I mean, Mm -hmm. there might not be anything more beautiful than a middle linebacker being meeting the running back in the middle of a hole and just, Mm -hmm. you know, popping him and and making that play and stopping it right there. Just definitely an underappreciated kind of play, but one that just shows the the kind of tacticalness that's needed in, in today's NFL. So I wouldn't be upset with that pick either. And I actually disregarded inside linebacker, but the bears definitely need the depth there. So I think he would be a a great pickup. And you know, he's, He's just one of those guys I'm just so confident about. He's going to go in the third or fourth round probably, but he is going to be a really a, gr- a really great linebacker for whatever team drafts him. And honestly, nowadays you can find great linebackers. I mean, we were talking about this a couple podcasts ago, just how many good inside linebackers are being pumped out uh, as far as athleticism goes. But now it's like... Not, not only do you get that athleticism, but you get someone with good field vision and someone that, you know, is one of the smartest guys on the field. And I think that, don't get me wrong, I think that Roquan Smith might actually still not be calling the defense. I'm pretty sure Danny Trevathan still does call the defense. Which, I thought that was switched over last year, actually. Was it? Okay, if it was, then I take it back. But if if Roquan still isn't calling the defense, then it's a little bit like, hey, maybe you need to get him someone who's better at doing that. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think that Davis could definitely do that. Um, but, yeah, man, I'm excited for the draft. Uh, this is, I got it. It's just I, I love the draft from the whole startup. Even uh, you seeing Roger Goodell booing. I think it was kind of funny because last year – it showed that Roger Goodell is a little bit human. They actually played like fake booze. I don't know if you remember that. Um, yeah, no, I do. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, you know, I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but I, I'm excited for this draft, man. It, it's going to be such a key in seeing how this team is going to develop over the next year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a monumental draft. I mean, every year it kind of seems to be that way, but. Yeah, trust me when I say it, guys. I mean, this is a draft where the Bears could turn a lot of things around if they do it right. There really is a lot of value here in a lot of different positions, and I believe that at any point the Bears can really make an impact, you know, throughout the whole draft by picking the right players. Um, You know, there's a lot of opportunity to get quality wide receivers later on, quality DBs, um, quality inside linebackers, and, you know, hopefully potentially that quarterback. We're just going to have to see it all play out. Uh, I appreciate everyone for, you know, staying tuned. If you listen to this long, somehow we managed to take this 
week with no news and turned into 120 or 120 minute god damn uh hour and 20 minute uh podcast um we're and not joe uh, yeah. rogan here even though i wish yeah, he could right. be we're not <laughs> not yet not yet not yet maybe maybe someday we'll you know do a do a little interview podcast we'll get some interesting people but um <laughs> Yeah, know. someday. That'd be cool. Someday. Someday, maybe we'll expand our reaches. Um, but yeah, again, thank you guys so much. Please, especially if you're listening now, listen, you you are one of our top listeners. Uh, thank you for uh, uh, a long 69 episodes. Um, and please leave us a rating and review if you can. We are going to be reading off every new rating that we see every single week uh, whenever it pops up. So, hey, if you want to, you know, get please five star that's great too um thank you guys so much we appreciate you and uh and get ready for the draft have a good one bear down bear down